Welcome to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast, presented by the News Press and Naples Daily News. We'll get you ready for the top high school football games in Lee and Collier counties each week with our analysis and predictions. Here are your hosts, the News Press's Adam Regan and the Naples Daily News's Adam Fisher. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back into the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast, where it is the playoffs. I'm Adam Fisher with the Naples Daily News, joined by the news press's Adam Regan. We're here to get you prepped for the real season, the postseason. But first, we're going to review 2018 regular season. I want to welcome Adam. Mr. Regan, how are you? I'm doing really well. It's playoff football. Let's do this, man. Yeah, we're both very excited. Got some great games to talk about. But first, let's review 2018. And we want to go back to the beginning when we started this podcast and look at maybe some of the things we got wrong, maybe some of the things we got right. First off, let's pat ourselves on the back. What did we get right? What were we the experts on at the beginning of the year? Well, I know I was the expert on Riverdale football. You were. So if you don't mind, I'm going to get up and take a huge victory lap around the news press building. I'll be back in 45 <laughs> Take minutes. Take a while. <laughs> no, but really, I, I saw that Riverdale was going to be really good this year. And I think early in the season, I called that they were going to go 10-0. I also said they were going to win a first-round playoff game, which we'll get into That's right. in a few minutes. And I think they really do have a shot at winning a first-round playoff game. Where were you right? Well, you know, it was tough because there was plenty of things I was right on, but nothing that jumps out. Like, I knew Naples was going to be good. I knew Newman was going to be good. But everybody knew that. That's no surprise. I guess I would point to Golden Gates. You know, we kind of hyped them up at the beginning of the year, and people were kind of iffy. Like, look, it's Golden Gate. They haven't done much. So I knew they were going to be good, but I also knew they weren't going to be great. I thought they would go at least 6-4, and four, which they did. I thought they would probably go 7-3, and three, which they should have. And I was questionable on the playoffs. So I guess I was rightest on the Titans uh, as far as a team that maybe people didn't expect to see jumping up. Yeah, they had so many seniors this year that I think maybe both of us saw that coming. And let's be honest, they played, what, eight of their ten games without Jay Harrard, who's their second-best athlete, so could have been a lot different for the Titans. How about where we were wrong? Fisher, I'm going to go to you first because you've been wrong a lot this year. Man, you're right. Listen, what's, I- that, <laughs> what's that one that, you really, that really, really hurt? Well, let me point out first, the jury is still out on Immokalee. They started 0-5, but if you win a playoff game – I think they're back to where they were supposed to be. Gulf Coast, I thought they were going to be worse than they were. They finished 5-5, five and five, which is very good for a young team. I guess I would say Baron Collier. I didn't think they were going to be good at all after losing a lot, had a new quarterback back, uh, lost their running back from last year, and last year they were only 5-5 five and five anyways. They go 7-3 and three playing a very tough schedule, which we will get into when we talk about these 6A uh, playoffs. But Baron Collier, man, I, and I thought they would actually lose to Golden Gate and finish um, third in this district and not make the playoffs. So I guess Baron Collier at 7-3 and three is, was my biggest swing and a miss. I'm going to have to say that I was really high on Immokalee in the season. I thought they were going to be a juggernaut just like they were last yeah. year. They were going to go 12-1. and one. They were going to go to a region semifinal, probably end up playing American Heritage again. Yep. I thought they would just roll through the regular season, and they had some problems. They went 0-5 to start the season. I guess I just wasn't really familiar with their depth issues, the numbers that they had. And when you take a look at it, yeah, I can see why maybe they weren't beating some of the better teams early in the season because they didn't have the depth that that those other teams had. But still, there's a shot for redemption. I still think that they can get hot in the playoffs with R.J. Rosales, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Also, one other thing that I've been wrong about all season long, 
Southwest Florida Christian Academy, at every turn, I said, they're not going to make the playoffs. They're not going to make the playoffs. They've got one win. They're not going to make the playoffs. They've got two wins. They're not going to make the playoffs. They finished two and eight this season. And what do you know? They made the freaking playoffs for the second time in school history. So congratulations to the Kings. I guess I will also say going up to Lee County, where I'm not an expert, but I Lehigh never believed in them. They started three and oh. I thought, ah, it's a sham. Now, do they have what it takes to win a playoff game? Probably not, but they are in the playoffs at six and three. So props to them. So that's going to do it. We're going to keep this first segment short because we're going to get deep into these playoff games here in the second segment. So come on back. Keep up with the action every week by following our live Friday night scoreboard at NaplesNews.com, News-Press.com, and by downloading the Naples Daily News and the News Press apps onto your mobile devices. And welcome back to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast, where Adam Fisher of the Naples Daily News and me, Adam Regan of the News to Press, are going to go through all the playoff matchups this week. We've got a couple of them, a couple really, really juicy ones involving Lee and Collier schools. So let's roll right through to our one team in Class 7A Region 3, Riverdale, 10-0, hosting Bloomingdale. This game is the dream scenario for Riverdale. I thought that they were going to end up having to play Braden River in this game, and then if somehow they got past Braden River, they would have to play defending state champion Venice. That's not what's happening here. They're on the opposite side of the bracket of both of those teams. They get a 9-1 Bloomingdale team who I don't think is that good. They, they played a schedule where they only beat two playoff teams, and they lost the district championship to Plant City, and they're also on the same bracket, same side of the bracket with... Palmetto, so they would not have to play Venice or Braden River into a regional final. So Riverdale could be primed for a run. What are, what are your thoughts? This is about, as you said, as good as it can get in this district, unless you were maybe the two seed and you'd also be on that side of the bracket. I agree that Bloomingdale is not good, and let me preface this by saying you're going to hear a lot of strength of schedule talk today, at least for me. I don't know about you. Yeah, absolutely. Because when you're breaking these teams down, it takes into account, well, what is a 9-1 and record when you've only beaten three winning teams like Bloomingdale has? However, let me say, this region is freaking loaded. So your undefeated Riverdale, you have to host a 9-1 team. We mentioned Braden River and Venice. That doesn't even talk about Palmetto, who's the seventh seed, who walked into Charlotte and pushed them around last week. Like, this is a, an extreme, and the number two seed is 10-0 Pinellas Park. So it's a, it's a loaded district. I'm not. I'm not loving Pinellas Park. I, I think that they're they're kind of that paper tiger, ten and zero. Didn't play a really good schedule, so I think that that would be actually a really good scenario for Riverdale. Bad scenario in the second round if they do beat Bloomingdale is playing Palmetto at home. Palmetto plays in that district with Braden River and Venice, and is always very very competitive. And li- like I said, just just beat up on uh, Charlotte last week, but Riverdale would get that game at home if you play Palmetto in the second round, and that's that's a a, a huge advantage for the Raiders. Well, we're going to move on to Class 6A, Region 3, our favorite region in Southwest Florida because it has basically all, all of our really good teams. We'll start with Lehigh, 6-3 and three on the season, at Naples, 9-1. and one. This is a really, really tough game for the Lightning. They, the last time they were in the playoffs, they played Naples, and it didn't end too well. As I said, Lehigh, you know, made the playoffs thanks to or props to them, but only made it because Golden Gate lost. If Golden Gate had have won, they would have stolen that eight seed, and it would have been Golden Gate at Naples. I'm kind of glad it is Lehigh just because it's a different team, a team we don't see Naples play during the regular season. But, yeah, Lehigh's six wins have come against teams 
with a combined 19 victories. So that means the six teams they've beaten have an average of 3.3 wins this season. You know, again, props to Lehigh, but just Naples is playing so well right now. Their defense is so ferocious. I don't see them losing. Lehigh's playoff record, 2-6 and six all time. And they're going up against a historically good Naples defense that's given up 8.6 yards per game. And they've got some actually really, really good linebackers on this Naples defense that I don't think get enough credit. You got Mark Vichek. Vichek got 137 tackles on the season. And then my favorite guy on that defense, Arkel Smith. Yeah, he, I, I think he's a player. Naples does have, have a great defense. And it's the first-round game at Staber Field. Naples has won 12 straight first-round games, all of them at home. Last time they lost in the first round was 2004. And then next we've got a pretty big matchup. Baron Collier, who's 7-3 on the season, at Edison Stadium to face the Fort Myers Green Wave. What do you think about Baron Collier's chances in this ballgame? I think they are very good. I think Baron Collier's played one of the toughest schedules in this area. Only one of their 10 opponents has a losing record, and that was Palmetto Ridge at 4-6. and six. Not that Palmetto Ridge is a world beater, but that just tells you the class of opponent Baron has tried to play. Six of the teams they played... They got bonus points for, meaning those teams have made the playoffs in previous years. However, here's what's very, very interesting when I look at Baron Collier. They have not been outside of Collier County for a game since August 24th, since the very first week of the season when they went up to Orlando for a game. And this is the first time all year they played on grass. So two things that are going to be very interesting. Haven't had a really true road game. They've gone out to Immokalee, and it's tough to play at Fort Myers, especially in the playoffs. I'm very concerned about both of these teams and their prospects moving forward. We'll start with Baron Collier. They've scored 16 combined points in their last two games against Naples and undefeated Hardy. Two really good teams. That's a great way to finish your schedule. But in their other eight games, they were averaging 37 points a game. And then you go to Fort Myers, who on this show with Fort Myers, we always talk about what we've seen recently. Right. And that's how kind of how we view teams. Well, with Fort Myers, man, I don't know if it could have got any wor- worse than that 19-11 to 11 loss to Dunbar where it wasn't that close, trust me. That Dunbar defense dominated them. They didn't look great. They couldn't move the ball until the end of the game. I mean, this is an offense that we thought was going to be historically good right. for Fort Myers. And they're going up against a Baron Collier offense who can really, really score. So that'll be a tough matchup. But I will throw these stats out at f- for you. Baron Collier in the playoffs, 4-17 and 17, all time. They haven't won since 1998. Yeah, 20 um, years ago. And against Fort Myers all time in a series that started in 1979, Cougars are 4-18 and 18 against Fort Myers. Wow, interesting. That is interesting. So it's... It's not, it's not, and I also know that Fort Myers is very, very good in first round playoff games, and they're also very good historically at Edison Stadium. They're 17 and 11 all time. And they had, they actually beat Baron Collier in 2016 That's and right. 2011. That's right. 2016 was at Fort Myers, and Mark Jackson was the coach at the time. I do want to throw out some more stats for you. Very stats heavy podcast. So we talk about the FHSAA playoff points. Those are based on strength of schedule. Fort Myers has an average of 38.8 points. That's the same as the number seven team in this in this district or in this region. Fort Myers is only the uh, four seed because they are a district champ. Baron Collier has more playoff points than the Green Wave. Fort Myers. Only has two wins over teams with winning records this year. And that's North Fort Myers and Lehigh. North Fort Myers is a good team. Lehigh, an okay team. So a lot of stuff going on here. I think this is going to be the game of the week. I think it's going to be a real slugfest. Yeah, and we're going to move on to a game. You mentioned Fort Myers having the seventh most points really in in that region. I'm going to go to a team that has the fourth most points, but they're the sixth seed. North Fort Myers is playing at Largo. Obviously, North Fort Myers lost out to the, on their district championship to Charlotte, and that's why they're at where they're at. But they've played a pretty impressive schedule, 
maybe not so much lately, but I think that North Fort Myers could be really tough in this game, but this is a Largo team that beat Baron Collier last year, right? In yeah, the playoffs. They, they beat Baron Collier barely. It was like a one or two point game, and I think Baron had a lead. And that's the advantage Largo has here, is that North Fort Myers has to travel two hours on a bus to get there. That's why Baron was so thankful that Fort Myers fell to the number four seed, because Baron Collier only has to travel half an hour rather than two and a half hours. So two seven and three teams here. Again, strength of schedule. Largo has three wins over winning teams, and all those teams are six and four. So it's not like they're beating world beaters. North Fort Myers' three losses are to are to teams that have four combined losses, if that makes sense to you. So they're losing to ten and zero teams, nine and one teams, eight and two teams. Going to be a very good game. They both look like they have similar offenses and then similar stats. So I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be close, but I think North Fort Myers can score enough points in this game. I was starting to look at all area for the news press, and man, you look at some of North Fort Myers players and the stats they have. You got Shamari Mason, who's got 1,600 all-purpose yards on the season. Jesse Charles, their quarterback, who has 2,283 combined passing and rushing yards. I mean, if that's not an all area first team quarterback, I don't know what is. And then their defense, it's even more impressive. You got Hunter Kobolanski, Isaiah Taylor, James Buchanan. These are all guys that are just very, very good. So I think they have the defense to stop Largo. And don't forget Clayton Savinsky, a guy that you didn't mention, has 1,200 yards receiving. Um, and Largo likes to throw it as well. They also have a 900-yard receiver who has 11 touchdowns. I can't find his name right Kasif now. Kasif Edwards. There we go. Look, look at my man Regan with his notes in front of him. So very close. I just It's tough for me to pick anyone on the road when, when they – not that we're doing the picking segment yet, but um, you know that, that's going to be something for the North Fort Myers Red Knights to overcome, the uh, road trip. And next we're going to move on to a rematch in – Class 5A, Region 3, Immokalee playing at Dunbar. How big is the home field advantage? Well, I was just about to ask you how excited you were when you saw this matchup. I mean, I was geeked. This this is fun because, again, the fourth straight year these teams have played each other in the postseason when they've been in the same district for four years. So ninth time they've met on a football field, if you include the district tiebreaker a few years ago. I don't think home field is that big of a deal in this, to be honest with you. No matter if it was at Immokalee, I would say home field. Would yeah, be a big deal. it would be bigger, but still not huge because they come to play no matter what. Dunbar coming off a huge win, its best game of the season, a nineteen to eleven win at Fort Myers. Am I right? Was that at Fort Myers? No, it was at Dunbar. Okay, okay. Um, Immokalee coming off a week off, which is good when you only have you know thirty five players to to get that rest. They've won five in a row together. These teams have won nine in a row. Dunbar four in a row. Immokalee five in a row. Dunbar's won six of seven since starting zero and three. So two hot teams. It's a shame that one of them has to lose in the first round. Yeah, I think the key for Dunbar is they're they're going to have to move the chains like they moved them against Fort Myers. You have a, an Immokalee team that we already mentioned was you know struggling with numbers this season. But that Dunbar team wore out Fort Myers last week. They, they just kept pounding the ball over and over and over with Brandon Benjamin, who's really come on strong. He's got 800 yards rushing this year and 10 TDs. He started off slow. He's a D1 prospect. He's starting to look like a D1 prospect. And defensively, Dunbar's just been strong. you got Derek Hunter, who's got 20 tackles for a loss this year. 20. I mean, that's... That's pretty crazy, and you've got Albert Nunez, who had a, has 14 tackles for a loss this season. He was fantastic against Fort Myers. So if they can stop R.J. Rosales or contain him a little bit, I think Dunbar can pull this one off. R.J. Rosales brought the team back in that 27-24 uh, overtime game, brought them back, got that to overtime, and then uh, Immokalee just couldn't get in the end zone on that first possession. You know, overtime. overtime almost hurts them because they're starting at the 10, and, and Immokalee has that big play offense, especially when you can't run the bar. The Dunbar defense, as you said, is lights out. 
Now, Mockley only rushed for 98 yards in that loss to Dunbar. 71 of them were from quarterback R.J. Rosales on, on scrambles, I got to imagine. So, yeah, he's going to be the key because it's going to be very tough to run on them. And when you're starting at the 10, that's hard for a Mockley. But, again, another really, really good battle. And we're going to break down a Class 4A3 matchup. Lake Placid at LaBelle. These teams have already played this year. Lake Placid went on the road, beat LaBelle 32-18. to Is it, Could it be a similar situation? It could. I think LaBelle's playing a little better now. Um, i got to hope their defense is short up. They gave up 400 yards rushing to Lake Placid in that regular season loss, so I think they're a little bit better than that now. But that doesn't give me confidence in the Cowboys, who uh, I've liked this year. Big-time players make big-time plays, and I say Maynard Blackman, the running back for LaBelle, who's got 1,200 yards rushing, 15 TDs this year. I say he has a big game, and I, I think LaBelle wins this one. I think they get a little bit of revenge. We're going to move down to Class 2A Region 3. We're going to start Cambridge Christian, who went to a state semifinal last year at ECS. ECS has been one of the hottest teams in Southwest Florida this year, and they've got a home game. Thoughts? Well, I just know that Cambridge Christian is a team that we see in the playoffs year in, year out. ECS is not. When's the last time they went to the playoffs? Was it 14? Yes. Okay. So none of these current kids on the roster. Cambridge Christian, though, comes in 3-7, and seven, so not having a, an outstanding season. However, they're up there in that Tampa St. Pete area where we know they have a lot of strong 2A teams. I mentioned in the Largo North Fort Myers game, Calvary Christian has that long road trip. they got to come down to Fort Myers, so that's got to play uh, an advantage. So you got to like ECS at home, I guess, but I think it's going to be close. I think this is going to be a shootout, and I think ECS is well-suited for a shootout yeah. because they've been having shootouts all year. Logan Perlman is definitely down for that. Jaron Robinson, their 1,000-yard rusher, He's been just having a great season. He, I mean, he's been doing a lot, a lot of dirty work, 15 touchdowns on the season. So that should be a real interesting one. Next one, I already issued my apology to team. Southwest Florida Christian. They're in the playoffs at 2-8, and eight, and they will play at Carrollwood Day up in Tampa. Whew. I mean, I've talked to some of our colleagues uh, up at the Tampa Bay Times, and they don't really think Carrollwood Day is that good that SFCA might have a shot in this game. I don't know, man. SFCA is two and eight. I mean, no disrespect to them. Carrollwood's five and five. That's fine. At least you don't have a losing record to get into the playoffs. I mean, and go on that long road trip. It's gonna be tough sledding for SFCA, a team that you know we we didn't expect to make the playoffs. So one of those wins, while I'm looking at their schedule, is against Marco Island Academy, who barely had a football team this season. Yeah, this is gonna be a really tough game for SFCA. I say that quarterback K. Darty is really gonna to have to be in some third and manageable positions. And that really puts a lot of onus on running back Brandon Lawrence to gain some yards on first and second down because th- this might be a shootout as well. And I don't think SFCA is quite as suited to win in a shootout as ECS would be in this game. So class two A, region four, a couple of Collier County teams. Or one. Well, we got two. To be but exact. One's on, one's St. On the John bye. Newman has a bye. But First Baptist Academy at 4-6 and six is going to Glades Day. This seems like a tough road game for the Lions. Oh, absolutely. You know, FBA glad to be back into the playoffs, even with the losing record at 4-5. and five. Again, you know, four of those losses have been to teams that are bigger than them uh, or more talented, I should say. Glades Day, yes, yeah, seven-time state champion. Now, the last time they won it was eight years ago, but still, they just have that, that history behind them. First Baptist has a history, too. They've won, I think, every single first-round game they've been in since they first made the playoffs in 2012. They're happy to be back, but that's a long road trip. 
Again, I think this is going to be a tough one. I look at Glades Day as a similar team to kind of Moorhaven, just a lot of athletes, a lot of speed. And First Baptist didn't fare so well last time on the field. It was a big loss to Moorhaven, so going to be tough for the Lions. I will add this about Glades Day. They've beat one team with a winning record this year, and that's oh. Jupiter Christian, who is a Sunshine State Athletic Conference team. Oh. So maybe this isn't Glades Day's best team right. they've had. So. I think First Baptist is a pretty live underdog. Well, that's going to do it for our breaking down of first-round playoff games. When we come back, Fisher's going to have an interview with Baron Collier coach Mark Jackson. On which high school football matchup should be the game of the week, the news press and Naples Daily News staffs will select three games in each county and your votes on news-press.com NaplesDailyNews.com or the mobile apps will determine which is the game of the week. All right, we're back on the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. I'm here with Baron Collier coach Mark Jackson for the second time I've gotten to talk to you mm-hmm. this season. That's the benefits of getting to play in the postseason. You get to talk to me twice. First off, just tell me about the, the season in general. You went 7-3. and three. I believe you have increased wins every year that you've been here out of Barron, and I believe your third straight playoff appearance. So just give me an overall recap of, of what went well this season for you. I, I, you know, it started in our, our offseason. Uh, we had a good buy-in. This is actually the, the, my senior class, so I, I, I joked around the last couple of years they weren't all my kids because they started with someone else. Now this is a class that kind of grew up with me here. So I've, I feel blessed to having the opportunity to coach them. They knew the expectations and, you know, kind of the standards in which were set early on in their high school career, and they've kind of lived up to them. And we've gotten better and better throughout the year. Go down to the last two weeks, a uh, little, you know, two of the toughest teams in the state. Uh, both of them are, are number one in the regions. You know, we, we, we fought uh, Naples pretty hard right up to, to the end. To, you know, and then last week with Hardy uh, was a little bit of a step backwards. So we're looking to improve on that uh, this week, and uh, hopefully uh, we put our best foot forward. It's interesting you mentioned that because, yeah, you mentioned the last two weeks you've lost to Naples and Hardy, mm-hmm. two teams with just one combined loss. Both of them ranked in the top five in their class, but that speaks to kind of the schedule you've tried to put together. Mm-hmm. You want to play tough teams not only to get to the playoffs, but now that you're there, what does playing those tough teams do to prepare you for the postseason? I, I no disrespect to Fort Myers because Coach Sirianni does a great job up there, but you know, I, I was just having a conversation with our guys that I, we're not going to see much better than what we've already seen. So we're not going to be able to walk on the field and get intimidated by that. You know, it's going to be a big-time atmosphere up at Fort Myers, the prestigious program. They do great things. Coach Sirianni coaches them really hard and well, and they're going to be a tough football team. But we've played a lot of programs of that caliber this year. So I think we've been battle-tested. And so the, the speed of the game and our preparation – shouldn't you know uh, be an issue we shouldn't you know walk in there and be all struck by the, by it we should be able to compete you mentioned the atmosphere which leads me into my next question you do go on the road mm-hmm. you play at uh, fort myers historic program it's got to be the oldest stadium in southwest florida and you know the atmosphere is going to be crazy what with their fans i mean what's it like playing there and you played there two years ago with this baron team mm-hmm. and lost so just tell me about playing in fort myers and what it's like and, and how you adjust to that well, you know, football field's a football field. It's 120 yards long, 53 and a third yards wide. So it is what it is. The stadium is kind of outside of your control. But you're going to walk into a, to a stadium with a lot of tradition. You're going to have great fans there. It's going to be a big-time atmosphere, similar to what we've faced the last few weeks. And uh, so I, I think we'll be prepared for it. It's good that we don't have to drive all the way up to Tampa. You know, we kind of get to follow our, a, a, a pretty close game day routine to what we're used to. Uh, we ha- haven't gone on the road a lot this year, but at least we get to eat here and you know dress here before we get on the bus. Uh, and it's not that long of a trip up there. 
and take me to the game actually on the field Friday. What do you need to do against the Fort Myers team that runs kind of an unconventional offense? You guys kind of mix it up too as well. So it's going to mm -hmm. be two varying styles. Just what are we going to see Friday from your team? Coach Siri, yeah, they've adjusted. They're, they're more of a spread them out team this year. They got Willie Neal back there, a quarterback. He, he's a dangerous weapon. Running backs are good. They got, you know, they got some receivers out there, big offensive line, two, two big guards. Defensively, their skill guys are, are, are really good and fast and they're going to run around. You know, I think it's going to come back who can establish a run, limit the turnovers, and uh, win the special teams battle in field position. I, th I think that's what it's going to come down to. I think that's what most football games come down to. You are working on building this program back up. I'm here at Baron Collier, one of the historic programs in Collier County. When you got here, I think three straight losing seasons they had had to win seven games. However, the next step, Baron Collier hasn't won a playoff game since 1998. What would it mean to win, especially in, with what you're trying to accomplish here with the Cougars? I just think it's the next step. You know, uh, we get, first of all, was uh, establishing a competitive program and uh, get that back on track. And we did that in the first couple of years, getting them back in the playoffs the last, you know, this is the third year of us being back in the playoffs. Now we have to take the next step and win a playoff game. You look at it, winning a playoff game, winning a district championship, those are all goals you go into a season with. Uh, but first, you got to get in the tournament, and we've accomplished that part. But I don't think uh, we'd be happy uh, where we're at right now unless we can continue to push the program forward. Well, that game will be Friday night, the uh, Class 6A Regional Quarterfinals at Fort Myers High School. Baron Collier coach Mark Jackson, thanks for taking time for us. Thank you. Well, again, thanks to Coach Jackson for talking to us twice this season. If you want to follow that game against Fort Myers and all the other ones, go to naplesnews.com slash prepzone or news-press.com slash sports on Friday evening. Each week, Go to naplesnews.com, news-press.com, or our apps on your mobile device for photos, videos, and analysis from games throughout Southwest Florida. And welcome back to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast, and this is Fisher and I's favorite segment. You ask us a question, we answer it, and we got one question this week, and it comes from our buddy, Andrew McDevitt of NBC2, ABC7 on Twitter, and he wants to know which Southwest Florida football team has the best chance to win a road playoff game. Go. Ooh, well, we've got a handful of them, some of them not long road trips. You know, I mentioned I think Baron Collier-Fort Myers is going to be such a close game and good, but I'm saying the best chance, I think, a Mockley going to Dunbar, not far, a place they're very familiar with playing at, a place they're familiar with winning. I think they've won their handful of times in recent years, and I think a Mockley's playing the best football right now. I don't think that's a bad choice at all. I, I think Immokalee has a really good chance in that game. But I'm going to kind of piggyback off what we were talking about in, the la in one of the other segments. I think First Baptist has a good chance to go to Glades Day and win. They're, they're giving up 24 points a game. The Lions are. They've played a really tough schedule. But I think this is a, a chance for Brady Dean to really have a, a big breakout game at quarterback. And like I said before, Glades Day has only beat one team with a winning record, and that team's a Sunshine State Athletic Conference team. So give me First Baptist and the success they've had in the playoffs. I say it continues. They're probably salty that they weren't in last year. And let's let's give them props they, or um, give them credit. They've had two weeks to prepare for this. They ended the season on a bye. Coach Billy Sparacio said he pretty much knew they were going to go to Glades Day, so that means he's had two weeks. And he went he went there to scout them last Friday, so he's ahead of the game in that respect. Well, that'll do it for our question and answer segment pretty quick. Uh, if you have questions, don't forget to send them to, to me on Twitter at NP underscore Adam Regan. And Fisher is? NDN underscore Adam. And when we come back, we're going to make our picks, and it couldn't be any closer than it is right now.
For the most in-depth analysis of high school football in Lee and Collier County each week, go to naplesnews.com and news-press.com. Follow us on Instagram at newspresssports and NDN Prep Zone. On Twitter, NPHS Sports and NDN underscore guys it's prediction time and my goodness did we do bad last week we I, were bad i we did bad. a little worse than reading but it's the last it's you know in the nfl how week 17 doesn't really matter and weird things are well, happening we're talking about how we how how the last week of the season really matters they do now, but you know like some teams are resting starters others were you know not maybe going full out maybe i don't know what i'm talking about which is obvious because i went five and five last week regan went six and four i buried the lead we are tied now in the standings and i am disappointed well, uh, this is where I make my run. It's playoff time. It's time to really strap it up and get it going. We are both 80 and 30 on the season, winning percentage of .727. That's 72% winning percentage. Pretty good. Let's see if we can do it in the playoffs. 7A, Bloomingdale at 9-1 and at Riverdale, 10-0. and What do you think? I think Bloomingdale is one of those paper tigers from up in the Tampa area, so I've got Riverdale in this one. I think Bloomingdale is better than you think. However, I do like Riverdale at home just with the excitement and the great season they've been having. Bouncing down to 6A, a game that I don't think either one of us thinks is going to be that close. Lehigh at Naples. Lehigh is going to have to play a perfect football game to win this game against Naples. And I think Naples' running game is going to be way too much for him. And I think that this might be the best defense that Lehigh has seen all season. And Riverdale's defense is really, really good. So that's a testament to the Golden Eagles. So I've got Naples. Yeah, Naples would have to turn it over a lot, I think, to lose this one. I don't think they will. I also am taking Naples. Here's another close one. Baron Collier at Fort Myers. Tough place to play, Fort Myers. One of the toughest, and like I said earlier, Fort Myers is 17-11 and 11 in playoff games at Edison Stadium. I'm going Fort Myers because I don't pick against Fort Myers at Fort Myers. You know, that's, that's a great rule to have. I don't feel good about it, but I am going to take Baron Collier. I think all things being equal, Baron Collier would win this. But again, you talk about just the, the – the, there's a mental factor when you lose that many playoff games in a row. These kids haven't won it. They've already lost at Fort Myers two years ago. However, I'm – Mainly just to be different, I'm taking Baron Collier, but I do think they have a really good well, chance to win. Mark, Mark Jackson also has the, the inside Southwest Florida football. Karma has been on the show twice now. He's the only one to do that. Oh, that's right. That's right. So, staying in 6A, North Fort Myers at Largo. Long road trip for the Red Knights. Can they overcome that bus ride? I think they can. I think they've just got way too many good players at key positions. I think Clayton Savinsky is going to have another big game. Jesse Charles is a two-way threat. Give me North Fort Myers in a really close one. Yeah, again, we said earlier, Barron went up there last year and almost won at Largo. Barron Carter wasn't that great last year. North Fort Myers is better, and they're going to be geeked up to play this game. I also am taking the Red Raiders, or the Red Knights. I always do yeah, that. Yeah, the Red, Red Knights. Knights. Immokalee at Dunbar. I've told you my thoughts, so I'll go first just for funsies. I'm going to take the Indians. I'm, I'm going to take the Indians, too, oh. because it's a rule of mine now. There was, there was a time a couple of years ago where Dunbar was playing Immokalee at Dunbar, and Dunbar had really gotten the best of Immokalee those couple of years. I think it was Rodel and Anthony's first season there, and I made a comment that Dunbar was going to 
go to a running clock with Immokalee. Mm. They were just going to beat their brains in because they had they had beat them pretty good in the regular season. Well, I was so wrong in that game. Immokalee went on to just really stomp Dunbar, and I made a rule from that moment on that I'm not going to bet against Rodolin Anthony against Dunbar. All right. Sounds good. Lake Placid at LaBelle in a 4A game, a rematch of the regular season in which Lake Placid won. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be the same thing this year. I think that Maynard Blackman will have a really big game for LaBelle. Cowboys. Yeah, I agree. I hate to keep picking the same as you, but LaBelle's just, again, like Riverdale, having such a great season. I don't see them losing at home in the first round. And that game will, if if LaBelle wins that game, that'll set up a rematch with With rival Bishop Bishop which would be awesome. Let's wrap it up here in 2A, Cambridge Christian at Evangelical Christian. Two Christian schools, who's going to win? I think Cambridge Christian is going to win this game in a shootout. It could go either way. I think whoever has the ball last. Man, you disappoint me because I thought for sure you were taking ECS the way you were talking them up because I am also taking Cambridge Christian for reasons I stated in the previous couple segments. Southport, Southwest Florida Christian, another school. I have trouble saying their name. Too many words in that. Let's tighten it up a little bit. At Carrollwood Day up in Tampa, I mean, SFCA is 2-8. and eight. I'm going to take care of what day. I'm going to jump the gun on you here. Well, this is a little bit awkward considering I just apologized to SFCA <laughs> for for saying they weren't going to make the playoffs all season. They proved me wrong. But I'm still going to take Carrollwood Day in this one. And here's one I know we're going to differ on. First Baptist back in the playoffs at seven-time state champion Glades Day, who Regan thinks is not that great. But is he going to pick the Lions to win on the road? I've got Glades Day in this one. I know I said that... First Baptist Academy was had the best chance of any Southwest Florida team to win a road playoff game. It's just a feeling I have that Glades Day is going to win this one. And if you're First Baptist, prove me wrong. I would be excited if you did. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good game. But again, First Baptist going all the way out there into the muck at Bell Glade. I'm going to take Glades Day too. That's going to do it. And if you are keeping track at home and you care about such things, Baron Collier Fort Myers, the only game we differed on. So keep an eye on that. We could have a, we will have a new leader next week. So come on back, and if you want live scoring updates from all these games as well as game coverage, pictures, and video, go to news-press.com slash sports and naplesnews.com slash prepzone on Friday night. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Remember, the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast will be available for download every Thursday at noon to get you ready for the coming week's games.